Hello and welcome to Friend Update episode number two. My name's Dan Wood. And I'm Adam Spring. And in today's episode, we're going to be catching up with the legendary Francois Lionette and learning about this revolutionary new technology we've got called the Friend Network. Hello, friends, and welcome to our second episode of Friend Update. Uh, Adam, you don't normally wear sunglasses indoors. We should just point that out. Yeah, I kind of look like a human emoji at the moment. I had, I had a, <laughs> a, an optician's appointment this morning, so I thought I'd, you know, I'd wear these so I'm not blurry. <laughs> well, our special guest this week is wearing much more sensible glasses. <laughs> welcome to the show, Francois. It's my pleasure. Now, we need to talk about, you know, your involvement with Friend because um, you are a core part of the team now and uh, have been for a while. You actually moved over to Norway, so we'll talk more about that in just a moment. But obviously, a lot of our audience will know you from maybe projects that you've done in the past. So I think it will be quite nice to kind of touch on a bit of your history. What was your first experience with computing and coding then? Where did it all begin for you? It began in uh, 1981 when I bought uh, Ohio Scientific Super Bowl II which was a 6502 all-in-one board uh, with a TV output and everything. So uh, as it was very rare in France, there were no user manual, no Bible of anything. So I had to do everything myself. So we teach me uh, machine language. I made my own assembler in uh, basic and then started making games for my friends during my vet schools. And uh, instead of uh, learning VET, then uh, at the end of my VET school, uh, I just forget about VET and uh, went into programming games and then game engines. So is that where the idea for Stoss and Amos came from then? Uh, yes, I, actually, we started on the Atari ST uh, with the brilliant idea of redoing the entire system uh, using a DOS-based interface, which was uh, not very clever. Because if, even if each game was not really nice, it was still graphical, so it was an advance. Uh, and we needed a basic, so I was in charge of doing the basic. And having loving making games, the first thing I did was to create a game-oriented basic without knowing it. I had no plan, I just did a couple of instructions per day and uh, wanted uh, sprites to move automatically without having to care about them. So driven them by interruptions and in a game you need music you need graphics so when you need place to store so banks everything went went along so that's what yeah. and then after that amos well start and amos obviously gave a lot of people their kind of you know first step into coding and game development and software development you must have been quite proud about the the ecosystem that came out of that and how well it was received Yes, and uh, I receive, uh, like every 10 days, uh, a contact from Facebook that uh, thanks me for having participated in his life. Uh, and the first question I ask, are you happy to have chosen this path? And everyone says yes, so I'm happy too. It's a great compliment and really proud of that. Well, I think the really interesting thing about you is just how much, you know, you made a contribution to the idea of creative computing, which, you know, Atari ST, Amigas, they all fed into that. And, you know, the fact that something like Amos was seen on programs like Games Master, it, from a European point of view, it's just incredible, you know, totally incredible. Yeah. And uh, now the people who were kids at the time of Amos are getting in charge 
And this is what you, and also on the Omega, this is why you see the Omega revival, which was not uh, five years ago, the Omega was still uh, a memory, and now it's still a lot alive. Yep. And same for everything involved in it, including the games and the author of the games, which are now, as they've learned the hard way, actually, because it was uh, computers were, despite the Omega, it was more primitive in a way at that age so they they learn uh, without internet uh, without connectivity without libraries everywhere and had to deal with it so it was a bit more difficult and now they learn and they are on the top which is cool <laughs> yeah absolutely well let's talk a bit about friend um when was the first time that you saw friend uh actually i met uh hogney uh on facebook uh he was asking for javascript game for a system uh, called Friends, so I went on the page, and uh, immediately uh, it was uh, like at 6 p.m. Uh, on, an, uh, on an evening, and uh, I just uh, answered, so, "Yes, uh, I can provide you with a lot of game made with Multimedia Diffusion, which is my uh, the existing tool that produces HTML5 games." And uh, then slept on it, and in the morning I woke up at five, and my mind went berserk and. I started uh, creating stupid videos of uh, normal password, or <laughs> I don't know if you've seen those, <laughs> quite funny, and uh, sending uh, bombing uh, Hogney and then Honor later with um, tons of things and ideas, which they uh, actually already had or thought about, but uh, showing me that, uh, showing them that I really understood the system in instantly and uh, what it was about. Um, and uh, three days later, they came. Uh, David and uh, Hogney were in Montpellier for five days, so they made the journey three days after meeting me online. Uh, the next week, I was in uh, Norway. Uh, November, in November, I spent a month in Stavanger to see uh, and enjoyed it. And now, I'm in Norway since the second of July. Wow. So I guess sort of um, two things I would thread sort of come out of that is, you know, in one respect, and you kind of touched upon it a little bit, is what impressed you sort of like the most about Friend? And also, I guess, you know, how your previous work kind of feeds into Friend now or your previous life, should we say, professionally? The um, uh, what I like about Friend is uh, on the personal thing is that it's always what I wanted to have. And it's also, uh, they thought about it and they started development three years ahead of everyone. So, and it's the fact that everything will become online and you can be sure that uh, in 10 years you'll have Windows online and it will be the same as friend. They will catch up the train. So we, uh, we have a lot of advance. I also was, in, uh, was impressed by the flexibility of it and uh, how you could do almost everything inside an online machine and you know the advantages of uh, not having to reinstall everything save a file get it on your phone as easy and uh, without using git for example which is a nightmare yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i immediately catch the idea and and now that i am deep in the code of the server and uh, all the applications I see that it's very well programmed and uh, it's it, it's really cool. 
really cool. Well, Adam, Adam and I touched on that in last week's show, the fact that, you know, once you've started using this kind of system where, you know, like you mentioned, you haven't got to download installers and, you know, your software doesn't just live on one machine. It's hard to actually go back to that kind of, you know, old school way of doing things, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, the fact is that you create a machine in one second, it's just entering your name and uh yeah we start using more and more for the friend machine and uh i start programming now application using friend create using the in-house development environment and uh we are going to uh revamp the uh engine that drive the api to make it very simple and very powerful which will uh, enable us to um, have a Mac oriented desktops or Windows oriented desktops and they will be also expandable so that for example if you want to uh, define a gesture uh, to open the, to click on the OK button then you will add the gesture uh, extension to the UI and then you will record your, your button and sign into the OK button in a simple interface and then you will do that to click or voice interface so everything everything will be expandable customizable open to users so users will be able to create their own version of desktop and sell it or make it public on the friend store etc so everything will be open everywhere okay and you know one of the things i find interesting is it seems as though like a theme of your career has been making programming easier and we've you know we've spoken a little bit about this um over facebook and stuff like that but how do you see things like visual programming and things like that fitting into this idea of digital literacy within friends and uh, within friend and accessibility to a wider audience than maybe you know traditional programmers uh the this is actually something that uh, hogney and i uh, had the same idea on um in friend create you will have the option to program in code but you also have the option to program with disks uh, what is a disk a disk is a black box uh, which contains source code which has entries triggers and output one or several output the output and then you it's a flow language a flow language is uh, means that you actually follow the you trace uh, the data from the entry to the output and it will be just like programming an algorithm with uh, arrows up to subdisk, which can also contain subdisk and subdisk and subdisk, up to the root where it will going to be actual code. And uh, it's going to be actually just drag and drop. So if you want to create a database, you will take the date MySQL database, drop it, and then you have access to your database, and you send data to it and trigger says store it there or there and it's done and then if you want to recover the data you put at the output of the main disk you put a window and the output will be automatically displayed in the window so yeah we we it's a really new system it's going to be a kind of fractal programming because everything will be wow. able to call itself wow everything we want everything to work with everything so we have to define protocols between the disks so that there is never a chance that nothing works and uh, it's also be it will be connected to friend networks so uh, all the developers on the earth will be able to with a click share uh, their disk or their library if you want to call them like that 
and everyone else will be able to use it by just browsing. Well, you touched upon friend network there, which is a really, really exciting technology. And, you know, the potential power for that is incredible. Tell us a little bit about friend network, what it is and how it works. So friend network is basically a system that interconnects uh, friend servers uh, together. Uh, it's uh, like a web. So any friend server can be connected to a number, any other friend server, number of friend servers, which means that the machines, the user's machine hosted on a server can access any machine hosted on any server anywhere. Uh, so basically, it's, a, it's kind of a new internet inside of friends. Uh, everything is done using uh, web sockets, so it's very fast. And it also enables you to connect very easily to, uh, using peer-to-peer -peer connection, like the one we use in uh, FriendChat right now, which allows uh, very fast data transmission directly from my computer to your computer, Dan, or yours, Adam, yep. which explains why it's so much better than any video chat system, uh, including Skype and the others. And um, also, you'll be able to create very easily MMOs uh, or multiplayer games and with a, just a couple of instructions. Uh, apart, apart from that, the friend network will also enable Liquid Software. Uh, Liquid Software is, uh, uh, means that uh, you will not need to have locally all the components of your application. They will be automatically gathered around the world when you click run for the first time. So they will be brought back to your server and then they will be available for more faster access. But, you know, it opens a very broad area that uh, an application is not going to be just a single source code. It's going the, the actual source code that the user is going to program is very small. And the rest is going to be somewhere. And that's fantastic. So besides world domination, then, you know, what you've, I mean, you've touched on a lot, but what would you what else would you say is your vision for the future of friend? Uh, first of all, uh, the future of friend, uh, I would like uh, two things. So I would like a friend to be um, interfaced with uh, as many uh, connected hardware as possible, like including the fridge, the TV, or the watch, uh, friend watch, why not? I certainly <laughs> could make uh, a version of friend for my uh, Pebble. Well, yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> for, for Apple Watch, it certainly is yeah. going to be a bit more difficult. <laughs> kind of Need a hammer to get into this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, so, and I uh, would also like to, uh, that's why I, when I set up in my apartment, that I just uh, rented. Uh, my first thing will be to have 3D printers. I want to create a friend box uh, oh, wow. with, a, with a, not maybe a Raspberry, but a bit above yeah. and uh, connect it to my, my uh, internet box. And then I will have uh, as many friends machines available. Uh, apart from that, uh, you know, the, our intention is to... Uh, not replace for the moment, but be um, uh, put ourselves in the user's uh, life by providing them with a safe and always 
running environment. So no loss of data, no more passwords, no more passwords, because passwords is just a hell nowadays. Even with password managers, every time you want to do something on the net, you've got to define a new password. Or if you keep a, uh, the same password, everyone says it's not safe. Uh, so you have to have password managers. And so I don't know, in my one password, I must have 500 passwords now. Yes. So it's just crazy. And what's the advantage of Friends is that you will have only one password because every application will, as if you know you're in a safe environment and it's protected, you do not need password anymore. So you are protected. And every application that will be validated by us uh, will be safe. So no more password. And also something like, uh, you know, coming back into the history, uh, the new version of Friend that we have in mind will be validated by blockchain, which means that uh, everything you do on your machine, if you want, will be, have a snapshot on the Friend blockchain. It means that you will be able to have a kind of time machine, like on Apple, uh, with a bar and uh, with a date. And you can move the cursor and find your machine as it was, with the files and everything as it was at, at this time. Uh, so imagine, so uh, that was one of my uh, things I told at the early when I met friend. Uh, friend. A friend machine is eternal by design. So uh, why not? Uh, give friend accounts to kids when they are born as, you know, maybe a promotion. Mm. And then when they are three or four, they can start using it by using specific desktop made for kids, like a simple two-year-old desktop with a big Mickey button that uh, just laugh when you click it. Or, and then as the age grows, it gets more and more complex until you get to a normal desktop. And then when you're 80, you'll be able to come back to your machine as you were, that you were using at two and find the files that you were written or written or drawn. So it's, I mean, it's fantastic. You can't get much more integrated into your life than that, can you? <laughs> <laughs> and with Elon Musk uh, implants, yeah, it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> Well, Francois, your enthusiasm is infectious. It's uh, it's great that you know this work you started so long ago with Stoss and Amos. You're still continuing allowing people to create innovative and exciting applications. So it's uh, great to be working with you, Francois. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank, and thank you. you so much. Wonderful. Seriously awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Adam.